What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Do Your Crap podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have an incredible guest with us today. His name is Mark Drager. He is a brand strategist, podcast host, and he is the founder of a growth agency. His goal is to help those of us who have something to prove, show the world and ourselves that we have what it takes to make it happen. You guys, we totally went off the cusp in this conversation. I loved every minute of it. He's the type of person that I feel like I could just talk to for hours and have just so much good meat to dig into. You're going to want to listen to this probably more than once and make sure that you share it with your friends because it is a goodie for our entrepreneurs and just really for any human who wants to do big things in life and feel amazing. So let's turn it over to the conversation. All right, Mark, welcome to the show. I am so freaking pumped to have you here. Oh, Micah, this has been like months in, in oh the works. Gosh. Like like this moment, listeners, you don't realize <laughs> we have been both working for months to, to, to talk to each other right here, right now. <laughs> it's so true. We, we had something scheduled and then something happened with mom life. And I'm like, we got to reschedule. And he's like, I get it. It's fine. And then I took the whole summer off of recording because I wanted to enjoy family and traveling. And so I'm like, okay, it literally has been like five, six months. So are, are like you like itching though? Now that, now that you're back into the, like to the zone, like, were you itching to get it. back to it after taking a few yeah. months off? Yeah. So I like, I didn't fully take it off. I, I was doing like some of the most essential things for my businesses, but I was not in the office. I was not recording. I was not doing a ton of team calls and mentor calls. I was doing more just like sharing on the go, social media, sharing our life, sharing what we were doing, helping, helping my team but it was incredible. It was incredible. And I'm like, why? I just feel like the last place that I want to spend my summer is in my office inside. <laughs> like I want to be out enjoying life at the cabin on the lake, like with the kids. And so I'm like, I just got to build those boundaries. I got to make it happen. And it was yeah. so interesting because so many times people would reach out to like pitch a podcast and they'd be like, okay, well on your schedule, it says you're not available till like August. Can you do it sooner? And I'm like, like the first part of me wanted to be like, oh yeah, I can squeeze you in. And then I'm like, no, no, I can't. Cause I'm taking yeah. the summer off. Yeah. Um, and but, it was but now really that you cool. got back into it, do you feel like, like oh you're gosh. like, you're like, because for Lit me, up. I, I think taking a break, obviously there's all kinds of biblical principles about, you know, every seven years taking a break or whatever. But when you take a break from something that you do, and then when you come back to it and you go like, oh, I, I don't really want to do this. Or you go, oh, I missed this. Right. And that's and you, like, you that's will like feel the, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> You'll yeah, be like, then, oh gosh, I got to get back into this. 
or you'll be like, oh my gosh, here we freaking go. Like this is, I love being back in here. So I think it's powerful. I think everybody, and, and even like, not even just taking like months off, I years into being an entrepreneur started taking Fridays as like a white space day. I don't book anything. I don't schedule anything. I don't plan anything. If I want to be creative and create things and work that day, then I let myself. But if I want to go shopping with my daughter or get a pedicure or play with the kids or go, whatever, I also have that day with nothing on it. And that has been so freaking good for my like joy and my excitement around work because Monday through Thursday, I'm like, let's freaking go. And then I'm like, okay, I got three days. I got three days to just enjoy life. And it's so fun. You know what I've been playing with? I've been playing with for the last month. uh, Every day is a white space day. Oh, so now I, I have a calendar and I have a schedule. But what used to happen is I would pack from like Monday morning to Friday evening, like just jam pack it with everything. Mm-hmm. And then it would be really hard for me to context switch, uh, you know, from, from entrepreneur dad, you know, entrepreneur man, responsibility for the family, make money, have, I had a team of 24 people, multi-million dollar company, like go, 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 go. So suddenly I'd walk in the door and my wife and my kids would want me to be like fun dad and everything. And yeah. it, would, it would take me like a day to switch. And then by Sunday evening, I would just be in like relaxation mode. And then Monday morning was just, it's not that I didn't love my work. It was just really hard to switch back into the mode. And so I wanted to play with, (laughs) a year ago, I had this idea with my wife was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work for 10 days straight. And then I'm going to take five days off and then 10 days, like just try to reduce the context switching. Yeah. She did. That did not fly. (laughs) (laughs) That did not fly at all. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. So, but... But what I've done for the last month is I've gone, like last weekend, I worked almost all weekend. 
Now, my kids are older and they were all busy. My wife uh, is starting uh, a new job and she's in training and whatnot. So she was busy. So no one cared yeah. that I was working. But at first I used to go like, well, but, but this is weekend time and weekend time's not for work. So I work through the weekend. But guess what? Tuesday this week, I was having one of those low energy days. I was not feeling on fire. I was not um, cr- like just bang, bang, bang all the way through it. And about halfway through the day, I was like, so what? I just worked all weekend. Who cares if it's a Tuesday? Yeah. I don't have any meetings this afternoon lined up. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, and then I gave, by giving myself that freedom, honestly, about three hours later, I was hustling like hell. And I didn't even realize like, like it just giving <laughs> myself awesome. the freedom. And then suddenly I got into some deep work and, and some flow. And then, and then I'm like, let's go. And then I just I worked right it. through the evening. So, <laughs> so I'm playing with that now and I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yeah. Keep us posted. I love that. But it's like that to me, like that is what entrepreneurship should be. Like you should allow it should, but yourself. it's never, it's, it's never, never that, that way, but it it's should never be that, that way. You, you usually have the, the two extremes. You usually have either the entrepreneur who like can't get their crap together and doesn't make work a priority and lets life take over and has a hard time showing up and has a hard time creating any like structure and all of that because they don't have to, they don't have someone telling them they have to work. They don't have someone like telling them to clock in. So they're like, I can't make myself do it as hard. And then you have the other extreme. That's like workaholic all the freaking time, never shuts off, glued to their phone. Can't like be fully present. And it's like, there, there is that sweet spot in between. And I feel like it does, it does take almost experiencing like both of those ebbs and flows of like what it feels like to not do the things. And then what it feels like to do it too much to be like, okay, but what's right for me, what's right for me. And I, and I think a lot of people don't allow themselves to get through the gunk of entrepreneurship long enough to figure out like that flow and what's best for them. Cause they try and box themselves in and do what everyone says they're supposed to do or what it's supposed to look like or, or whatever. Oh, I just feel like there's, it's like magic when you allow yourself to just be like, how do I feel today? What do I feel like doing today? What's going to be productive? What needs to be done? What, what do I want to do? And then build your life and build your days and build your business around that. Yeah. Because if you think about it, it's not about the number of hours you put in or the amount of effort. And I struggle with this because I, I have, I have spent my entire career. I'm, I'm, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. I'm getting older. <laughs> I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. And it's, um, and, and I have always been, I've always trained myself to know that if I put in enough hours and if I'm exhausted, that means I worked hard enough. Mm. And I, I remember this time, uh, gosh, maybe eight, uh, seven or eight years ago, uh, I, I, we always take Christmas off. We shut down the entire company for about two and a half weeks because no one's working anyway. So we right. shut down the company. We, it was a time where in my market with my clients, everyone was off. And so we had this freedom of not having to work or even answer the phone or even answer emails because, because I felt like my clients would forgive me totally. because they're off. I'm off. If I said, I can't do it like you with the podcast booking and you saying, oh, I'm booked until August. You felt like you didn't have permission to say I'm off. Yeah. Well, at Christmas, I felt like I have permission for my clients to say I'm off. And then uh, my wife and I had planned uh, a trip to, together away to Jamaica about two or three weeks later. So I take you know, <laughs> I take two and a half weeks off and then I'm back at work for a week and then we're gone for another like week or something. Nice. And my team didn't care. My wife didn't care. We could afford it. 
our, my clients hassled me. My clients, like, you know, where they were like, oh, you're off again? And then they were like, weren't you just like, weren't you just off? And weren't you just off before that? And I kind of added it up one time. And I remember, I realized one year, like I took like 12 weeks off or something one year. Now it didn't feel like I took any time off because I worried about work 24 seven. Your brain didn't let yourself. My brain didn't yeah. let myself take off. Yeah. Even when I'm off on vacation, I'm still taking notes. I'm still thinking about things. I'm still reading business books. It's like, it's not really a vacation. It's like a, a, a retreat. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but, but the moment of realization I had was, oh, and, and this affected a lot of my business and a lot of my life. We always talk about other people's judgment. And as business people and as entrepreneurs, we think about family, we think about friends, we think about maybe uh, our employees. What I didn't realize is I'm an entrepreneur and I built my whole business with corporate clients and people who choose to go into corporate who love it. Nothing wrong with that, right? Like if that's your thing and you love it, that's cool. But, but they really love structure. Yeah. And some people don't like structure, which is why they eventually become entrepreneurs. And I think mm -hmm. more of us should be <laughs> entrepreneurs, but but when I build an entrepreneurial company led by an entrepreneur with a team who's willing to work for an entrepreneur and have like not structure and lots of hustle, we spend all day, every day helping corporate clients. I, I never realized or respected just the culture clash that would exist. Yeah. And so my corporate clients would go, weren't you just off two weeks ago? Why are you taking time off again? And then something magical happened. <laughs> I say magical. COVID happened. <laughs> and uh, all of my corporate clients put all of their corporate work on hold. Like, like uh, we had, we had, we had like multiple six figures of projects get put on hold. I had 24 full-time staff, multi-million dollar company before COVID. Not that today, I'll tell you that. Um, but they all put stuff on hold and I started spending way more time with other entrepreneurs. And I, and I would go like, um, I'm, I'm going on vacation. And they go, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I'm thinking about flying here for this conference for, for two weeks. And, you know, are you guys going to be in the area? And can we network? And what other conference can we go? And they go, yeah, that makes sense. Like, suddenly yeah. when I started spending time around people that I wanted to be like and people like me, and this is why coaching is so great. And this is why masterminds are so great. And I, I don't sell coaching. I don't sell mastermind groups. But why I encourage people to do it is because I spent like 15 years around people that, that I genuinely liked and, and wanted to help, but just a huge cultural difference. Yeah. And when I started spending all my time around other people that I wanted to live more like, suddenly like the things where I was like a little embarrassed to say like, hey guys, I'm thinking about launching this new company. And they go like, oh, cool. Tell me about it. And I was like, expect, or, I'm thinking about starting this podcast. I'm thinking about jumping on social media. I'm thinking about doing this thing. Like this, I would whisper it like out of fear <laughs> of judgment and yeah. all of the people who are entrepreneurs or leaders or coaches or whatever be like, that sounds amazing. They, I totally believe you can do that, Mark. Tell me more about it. And I had spent so many years around people who were not like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Like who you're around, who you're having conversations with, who you're learning from, who you're talking to, all of those things make all of the difference when it comes to what you're going to do next, honestly. And I love that you brought that up. This is like so weird. You know how the universe works where you don't really talk about something, but then all of a sudden you start talking about it and then it like comes up over and over and over and over again. Your RAS, reticular yeah. activating system. There yes. you go. <laughs> it's crazy though. Like I did a specific, it hasn't even aired yet when we're recording this. I did a whole entire episode 
on the power of like mentors and masterminds because they have been life-changing for me. And then like, I love you just brought that up. I'm like, yeah, there we go. Here, here it is again. But it's really so true. I remember something when I was, when I just got into coaching. So I've been in my business with Beachbody for over nine years now. And I remember you don't know what you don't know, right? So this is kind of like what you're talking about too. Like you didn't realize that being around all of these corporate, like that there was this clash and that you were dealing with this kind of these differences until you were around entrepreneurs and it was a different conversation and it was a different reality. I didn't understand what was possible. I didn't understand whatever. And I had kind of like set the bar. I was like, I want to make six figures with this. And I was like, that sounds freaking rad. Like that sounds hard. That sounds rad. We'll see what happens. And then about a year in our team made top 10 in the company. And I got to go to this trip. I got to go on the top 10 trip to Paris and I was it was rad. Right. (laughs) And then it was so good. So then we are surrounded by the other top 10 coaches. And these leaders had like been in the company for years, far longer than me. Um, and doing way bigger things like making over seven figures. And I was like, what did you just say? Like everything that I'm doing, if I just keep doing it longer, like that's what's possible. Like that is the path that I'm on. And it was just like, my whole brain was like blown around. Holy freaking crap. I didn't even realize. And that's just the power of having conversations with a different type of person in a different space. And you can't afford not to have those conversations because you will literally just keep like, stay small, stay small and living your, can I, can I tell you a story? Yeah, please. I love stories. So so in 2018, um, I'm whatever I'm 12 years into my business and and the business is good, right? I, I, for people who don't know, I own a marketing agency and we're, we're creative production company and brand strategists. And I had a good team, but it was, it was like, actually I had great people, but I was not a good manager. And I, we were able to do amazing work, but I didn't invest in operations and, and things weren't tight enough. And so I was constantly like feeling like we just weren't good enough. And coming back from the summer, I, I took the whole summer to kind of slow down. Coming back, I got for the first time in my life, like really depressed, 2018, mm-hmm. two weeks. And I knew I was depressed because coming home from work, I would just sit in my truck on the driveway and like not have the energy to walk into the house. Um, my team would come to me and go like, Mark, I need you to do that. And I go, I'm not doing that. And they go, but the, the client required, I'm like, I honestly, I, I could not care less. I like, I'm sorry. I know you guys are counting on me. I know like, I just don't care. Like none of this matters. I got like, it was so hopeless. And I was part of a mastermind group and I knew that this was happening. So I like confessed it to them. I was like, guys, I'm, I'm actually really depressed right now. And my, and the person leading the group, is my good friend, Evan Carmichael. I don't know if people in the audience might know Evan Carmichael. He's, he's a YouTuber and um, he's an author and a speaker and he, he, um, he has three and a half million followers on, on YouTube, which is pretty cool. But um, he said, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, nothing. <laughs> I cleared my whole schedule. I'm doing nothing. He goes, come, come to my house. Let's just spend time together. And he helped talk things through with me. And by, by the time I left, suddenly it was like, I started feeling good again because he listened and he almost, he gave me permission to realize that the reason why I was down and feeling depressed was because I really didn't like a lot of things in business or in life, but I just was too afraid to admit that I didn't like it. Because mm. if I admitted I didn't like it, that meant that I was failing. And so I'm starting to feel better. And then later that night, he texts me and he goes, hey, Mark, uh, I work with Tony Robbins' team. 
and there's an unleashed power within in a few months. You want to come with me? I said, sure. Okay. Like, like, I, like I'm going to say yes, because he just helped me and all of this stuff. I don't really know much about Tony Robbins. I'm sure. So flash forward, it's now November uh, 7th, 2018. And we're going to Tony Robbins in New York. And I didn't realize when Evan said that he works with Tony Robbins team, I didn't realize what he meant was he worked, he, like he works with their team. He knows their team. So when we show up to the, to the stadium, 14,000 people, it's in New Jersey, it's in Newark, it's in the stadium where the New Jersey Devils play. And we don't go through the entrance. We go through a private entrance. I was like, this is cool. Now, keep in mind, I just showed up in like, we were told to be cold. I just showed up in a ragged uh, hoodie <laughs> <I love it. laughs> and some like old jeans. Nice. But we go through a private entrance and then we get special lanyards and then we get escorted to this special section. And it turns out we're sitting in, in, the, in the section in the front row beside the stage, which is the section that's reserved. It's called CIS and it's reserved for any chairperson within Robbins International where they can invite people. And so I'm like, I'm like sitting beside like uh, Olympic snowboarders, gold medalists that some of us might know and actors and like, like big, like singers and big names. And then there's me and we have access to, I mean, first of all, it's just totally cool experience. Tony Robbins is like right there. We're in the front row. Like what a way to experience it. But we have access to the private, to the private diamond lounge, which is where anyone who is part of his diamond group, which means you're spending, I, I think it's somewhere around a quarter million a year Holy per God. head to be a part of this group. We're sitting in that, and we have access to that lounge. So I go in on the very last day. And just because I was in the room, everyone that I connected with and talked to thought that I was one of them. Yeah. Right. They all thought you're, you're in this diamond lounge. Therefore, you must be having a business or having wealth or having money or having success or whatever it is to be able to get into this lounge. Yeah. You are one of us. And not only did I, like, I didn't come in feeling like, whoa, I'm so small or anything. Like, I just, they were really nice people, super, super cool. But I had this moment of realization where I was like, oh, the room you're in and the people that you're with matters. Oh my God. Because yes. they treated me with total respect. Anything I said carried weight because just by being in the room, they assumed that I must be worthy of being in the room. But meanwhile, <laughs> I'm just some dude who got invited by a friend <laughs> because, yeah, I run a business and that's cool, but, but I'm not there yet. But I made this decision. I was like, I need to be in more rooms like this. Yeah. I need to be in more rooms where I feel kind of stupid, to be frank. And I feel like I'm not that successful. And I feel that imposter syndrome because they're not judging me. They're welcoming me with open arms. And if I had a question about finance or legal or anything that they use to get to successful, to get to success, they would give me the answer because they would want to help me. Yeah. And that's the power of like just getting out of your comfort zone and surrounding oh yourself with awesome people. I love that. What an epic experience. Holy moly. Holy moly. That and that that goes to show too, like if any of our listeners have ever had kind of crappy experiences with really wealthy people. I feel like a lot of money mindset stuff happens just with like one experience with a douchebag that was rich. And then they're like, oh, all rich people suck. Money's bad. Da, 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 da. It's greedy, blah, blah, blah. I have had similar experiences with you. Like when, when I've gotten in rooms with people who are far more successful than we are doing really, really rad things in life, some of the most gracious people 
so open and willing to talk and help and give advice and shed light on their experiences and just with no expectations of anything. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So this is actually, this is actually what happens when like true wealth, because like they humans see in who are you, growing. Micah, they see in you that you're open-minded, that you're willing to listen, that you'll yeah. take advice. Like what they see in you is a younger version of them often. And the energy yeah, that you bring to that wealthy person lets them drop their guard. Whereas if you show up with nothing but excuses and like, like if you show up out of sync with, with the, the way that they live or the energy they have, they go like, well, what's the point? Like, what's the yeah. point of me pouring into you? What's the point that of me giving sense. you my answers and secrets when you're not even going to do it? I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not looking to waste my energy on an argument here. I'm not looking to have a debate. I'm looking to give. And if you're willing to receive, I will give you lots. But yeah. if you just want to argue about things, I got someone else who I can go help. That's, that's the problem that many mentees or many protégés or many people starting out bring. Like We almost want successful people to convince us that it's worth the time and the effort as opposed to just showing up with an open heart and an open mind and saying like, what can you teach me? Please help yeah. me. I love that. And I've never thought about that, but it totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. I feel like, what would you say to the listener that is like, oh crap, but that's me. Every time I hear someone talk or share or give advice or try to help me, like I've got walls up. I've got like excuses, like right here, ready to prove them wrong and tell them why I'm not successful and tell them why it's harder for me. Like, what would you say to that person? Like, how do you step through that and break that kind of break those barriers? So first of all, that's me and that's probably you and that's probably everyone still. <laughs> right. Um, so no matter where you are in this journey, just know that you are not alone. We all do that. Totally. Like, like we all wrap ourselves in the blanket of victimhood at a certain, to a certain degree. And we all want people to understand that it is harder for us. Um, there's, there, I mean, first of all, there's an amazing book uh, that was written a number of years ago by Mark Manson. I'm sure you've probably heard of it, The, the Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. And uh, I picked up the book a bunch of years ago. wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for the message. I listened to it and I was like, this is just like too many swear words for me. And it's <laughs> like, but about eight months ago, I was like, you know what? I'll give it another shot. And there's part of the book that, that hit me so hard in my heart um, that um, <laughs> I got really, uh, I, was, I was so challenged that I got a little sad mm. for even a few days. And, and this is where I'm going, this is, answers your question. The truth is that you're not special. I'm not special. You're not special. Uh, and we have grown up in uh, a society because in the 1960s and 70s, psychologists determined that people with more self-esteem would be better members of society. So if you have a higher self-esteem, you're less likely to fall into crime. You're less likely to cheat or steal or uh, become an alcoholic maybe or... Uh, beat your spouse or whatever it might be like just and, and they determined like hey if we can make people have higher self-esteems then society would be better they'd be easier to control you know like all of those things mm -hmm. and so in the 1970s the self-esteem movement started right teachers schooling programming this is why in the 1980s everyone got a medal for everything this is why all of our pastors and all of our teachers and all of our professors and all of our curriculum was told, we were all told, our entire generation, I'm turning 40, so I'm part of the oldest millennials, people who are like 45 downwards, we were all told that we are special and we can be anything that we want. 
I struggle with this. And the reason why it hurt kind of my heart is, is I believe we are all special. And I believe we can do anything we want. We can't do everything, but we can do anything. Quick time out from the show to let you know that I am looking for the next women that I'm going to mentor on my team. This is within Team Beachbody. We get to lock arms together. I get to be your mentor, building a business, working on your health goals, and empowering others. So if you are someone who would love to get healthier, who loves prioritizing working out and eating well and sharing your story on social media and being a light and uplifting others and would love a way to make extra income, even if it's alongside a full-time career or in the cracks of motherhood, whatever it is, you can build this in a way that feels best to you. So if you want to work with me closely to grow as a person, to become a better mother, to become a better wife, to become a more empowered human being. That is literally what we do every single day. And if you follow me on social media, you already know what we do as coaches. You already know what it looks like to be a successful coach, because that's what I share just my life. And that is what I do. And I would love to help more women have an opportunity to literally transform your health, transform your mindset, transform your community of people that you're surrounded with and be able to transform your financial opportunity with this business. I can't wait to chat with you. If you want some more info about it, go to micafulsomfit.com slash transform your life, put in your email. I will be able to send you all of the nitty gritty deets. And if you want to chat one-on-one with me, I am an open book. Ask me all the questions. Tell me your fears. Tell me your reservations. Ask me if you'd be a good fit. I will be honest with you. I can promise you that. So shoot me a message at Micah Folsom fit, and we can chat there. I cannot wait to work with you. Here's why Mark Manson's book challenged me. And here's what I would say to the person who's struggling with this, with all of those, like, but you don't understand, but what about you're not special. And here's why you're not special. No matter what you've experienced, your past trauma, yes, terrible. Yes, hard, unfair. I grew up in an abusive household. Um, But lots of people grew up in abusive households and they still went on to do something. Mm -hmm. Maybe you grew up in poverty. Lots of people grew up in poverty and some of them chose to do something. Maybe you were sexually abused. Lots of people were sexually abused, but some people still chose to go on and do something about it. Or, you know, I was illiterate until grade four or grade five. I still really struggled to spell. Um, I think I might have some dyslexia. I think I might have ADHD. I know I have generalized anxiety disorder. I could list any one of those things as excuses to why I can't make it happen. Um, But lots of people have that. And yet some people don't stop, allow them to stop them. So the first thing we need to understand is your problems are not unique. And they're not special because out of the seven or eight billion people, however many people are on this earth, Surely at least 10, 20, 100 million other people have experienced something similar to you. And some of them choose to not allow that to stop them. So do you want to choose to allow that to stop you or not? And here's the part that really hit me hard. He basically says that we're narcissists if we allow our our, our victimhood to stop us. So I think of a narcissist as the person who is like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm awesome. I'm amazing. Everything bounces off me. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm full of crap. 
and and I, I think I'm the greatest person in the world and I'm on social media and I think I'm the best. We think, we think of that as narcissism. But he suggests that narcissism is also when you say, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh, you don't understand, it's too hard for me. Because just like the narcissist who wants to be the center of attention for everything and thinks that they're the best person in the world, on the other side of the spectrum is the narcissist who thinks that they're the worst person mm. and they are incapable and they can't make it happen. And I realized that was me. <laughs> I realized like I, I have been doing this. And um, first of all, it's like not great to realize that I'm doing this. It doesn't feel good. Um, but then the next thing is like, okay, if I, if I don't want, if I'm not going to continue to use these excuses, I don't have any excuses. Now, now what? <laughs> now, where do I go with this? So what I would say to people who are struggling with this is, is first of all, take a really cold, hard look at, at what you're, what you're choosing. I think that's the most powerful thing is the awareness that happens because you've been operating that way or whatever, and you didn't really realize it. And then when you heard that in that time, in that moment, like when you needed to, you were able to then change it. Right. And I love the saying one of my, I don't know who originally said this, but I heard it from one of my coach leader friends that I adore. And she says, what you're not changing, you're choosing. And it's like, when you think about it like that, people might say like, that's bull crap. I'm not choosing my current situation. I'm not choosing this job. I hate, I'm not choosing our struggles. I'm not choosing this illness. I'm not choosing this, but what you're doing is one, all of the choices up to this point have likely led you to where you're at. And two, you get to choose from this point forward, what you do from here on out, how you respond, your attitude towards it, what you do. Like when you just come to that place in life where you take complete ownership, all of the responsibility for all of the good and all of the bad, and you don't blame and you don't point fingers and you don't why me victim, whatever you will freaking blow your mind, what you're capable of changing. It's incredible. And we don't even realize first of all, that we're making excuses or we're doing totally. it. You know, I, I can recall um, in April, I was making, so, so I, I host a podcast called We Do Hard Things. And we were making some changes uh, with the team and the structure and the editing and the approach. And it was taking a while. It was taking longer than I wanted, right? I thought this would take like a few days. We're like three weeks later. <laughs> and my friend, Evan Carmichael, who's a big YouTuber and into this, he, he DMs me and he goes, why aren't you releasing content? And I go, well, you know, we're like making changes and it's taking a little bit longer and on the theme and stuff like that. And he's like, that's, that's BS. That's nothing but excuses. And I was like, well, but I'm trying to allow my team to take more ownership over it. And I'm not trying not to be so commanding and I'm trying not to come in all the time and just like parachute in. He's like, that doesn't matter. Release content. I said, yeah, but it's not ready. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Release content. And then he goes, Mark, actually, this wasn't even April. I think this was in February, maybe March. It was right when the Russian Ukraine war started. And he said, and, and, and a big part of his team is located in the Ukraine. And he said, Mark, I haven't slept for the last 60 hours because I'm trying to figure out how to get my team members to safety because a war is breaking out. We are still releasing content. We are still doing what we have to do on time. Is Putin coming to you? <laughs> That's what he wrote back. Is Putin coming for you? And I was like, 
<laughs> Hope not. No. I guess we could be releasing content. I get, and then it was like, I guess we could. Yeah. Oh wait, we have this piece. You're right. It's not ready, but it doesn't matter. We could like, and, and we need more of that in our lives. Mm, like, yeah. like not not from people we trust, from people yeah. who love us, from people who are pushing us, for people who have our back. We need more of that. And and for those who are just starting out or just transitioning, or maybe you're in a small community or small town, or maybe you, you're just the only person in your world who wants more, it's hard to figure out like where to find that community or that person that, that you can plug in with, that you can get together with who will have that. But you could start looking. Yeah. You could start looking online. You can start looking part of groups. You can join Facebook groups. You can, you can join Reddit groups. You can um, ask someone. You, you can literally DM someone like you or like me and say, hey, I have this challenge. Who would you recommend? Where should you go? And you can just ask, and then they can make the connection, yeah. right? Like, like, we need those people in our lives. Yeah. The, when you have someone like that who has your back, loves you, wants the world for you, and isn't afraid to just shoot it straight and tell it like it is. Like everybody needs someone like that in their life. I love that because it's so true. We get so in our heads and the excuses we say and the stories we tell, they're valid. Sure, we could really rationalize a lot of things and be like, no, I'm actually okay to not do this because it actually makes sense. It usually does. But it's still, if there's something more for you, if there's something you want to do more, if there's something you want to reach, if there's something, then the excuses are never going to be legit. Like, well, we're really smart not. people. Like, I like I, I am a very, I will say this, like it might sound egotistical. Like I'm very, very, very smart. And so every reason why I do something is very, very, very smart. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't do things for stupid <laughs> reasons. And all of my excuses are very, very, very smart. That's uh, how we all feel about them. <laughs> that's why we, that's why we live up to it. We're like, all right, no, nope, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when someone else comes along and is like another smart person is like, well, that's bullshit. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, true. You're like and what do we do? What do we do? We probably go like, I don't like to hang out with that person. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't like you're spending time with that you're person. Right. Or, or when you know you're going to get together with them, you're like, Oh, uh, Oh gosh, how can I cram? Like, how can I cram as much stuff done as possible? So that way, when I show up, I can be like, look at all the things I'm doing. But meanwhile, you're just like trying to cram at the last minute. <laughs> right. No, but it really is. It really is important. I love that. I want to talk for a sec about your podcast. So we do hard things. Like I feel like we live in a world that is anti-hard. They're anti-hard. They want the easy route. They want, they want it to feel safe. They want to be secure. They want to, they don't want to get uncomfortable. Like, I feel like we just are in this funky space in the world where like hard is demonized. And I think it kind of has like the pendulum swings, right? And it always does. It was like the hustle culture was so strong and it was like, go balls to the wall, sacrifice everything, don't sleep, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not all for that at all. But then it's like swung to the whole other side where it's like flow and meditate. And if it's hard, run away. Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. So what are you like on your podcast? What kind of things are you digging into? Like, what are the things that are hard and worth it? 
that yeah. people just need to know, like, it's, it's just part of the process of success and growth and everything. Well, I talked, I talked about how, you know, we've talked this almost this entire time about surrounding yourself with amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, here's the secret. Most of us podcasters do. I mean, some people start podcasts for business development reasons or account like uh, building credibility or those kind of things. And that's cool. I just wanted to connect with badass people. Isn't it like, the best? Like, <laughs> I just wanted to connect because this is my third podcast. So my first podcast I started in 2014 was called not so corporate podcast. We wanted to help people in our industry become better at their jobs. And that's cool. Uh, and then the second podcast I had was called Something to Prove. My friend Evan Carmichael, we did that 100 episodes for two years. But in 2020, during the pandemic, uh, my world got really small. Our world got really small. Yeah. And I was like, I need, I, I, I have always felt soft, to be honest with you. Uh, up until a few years ago, I, I've, I was never healthy. I was never fit. I didn't work out. I've lost 70 pounds. Uh, I've, Incredible. I've done all kinds of now health challenges and I run Spartan races and I like, I do all of these things now cause I love it. But, um, for those who are listening on my wall, I have this big poster that says, think big, be bold, say yes. And that's been my mantra for about a decade because by nature, I don't think big. I think actually pretty small by nature. I'm not actually that bold. I may be more bold than the people in my life, but not as bold as I need to be or want to be. And by nature, I tend to say no to everything. Like if my wife's like, hey, Friday night, I'm thinking, I'm like, nope. <laughs> or she's like, oh, I really thought it'd be good if the kids signed up. I'm like, nope. Um, or maybe we should go on a trip. To, I'm like, nope. Like my, my immediate reaction is no. And then when I think about it, I come around and I often feel guilty for saying no and shutting it down so quickly. Or I just now say yes. And then later I realize my wife was right. This was awesome. And I had right. so much fun and I made new friends or whatever. So the podcast was really just about like, I want to surround myself with badass people who have done hard things. Now, a lot of people might think that's like David Goggins maybe, right? Or this like really aggressive version of hard. And at first, that's what it was. Because it's like, I want to talk to people who have just pushed through. Yeah. But the more that I connected and I've connected with some amazing people, um, I connected with Iron Cowboy. Uh, I don't know if you guys know James Lawrence, Iron Cowboy, ran uh, 50, uh, 50 um, Ironmans in 50 oh states over 50 gosh. days. And then uh, just last year ran 101 Ironmans in 101 days. <laughs> like this guy is like a beast, but I had him on the podcast and I said, okay, so what would you say to someone with that? And he's like, do it. Yeah. But what do you do in your mind when you're like up against the wall? I just do it. <laughs> yeah, but what about when your body's hurting? And he's like, Mark, I just, I just keep doing it. And I realized that it was like, wasn't going to be much of a podcast. <laughs> right. You're like, all right. Good five minute episode. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Because, because it's like, there's this moment where certain people that I do respect, that I do look up to, that I want to learn from, they've pushed through the other side. And guess what the answer is? They just do it. Yeah. But so, so, but I, 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 I wanted to have conversations to help me <laughs> and to help other people who aren't sure about that. So, yeah. so what, what I love now and, and really where I found my voice in my place is, is I think for those of us who are like more creative entrepreneurs or, or right-minded entrepreneurs or creators or artists, um, what I do is I marvel at courage. Like I marvel at, at the courage people have to be themselves, to, um, to start that new thing to dedicate themselves to something 
where like eight or 10 years later, people are like, bravo, you're awesome. You're the best. But for those first four five, six years, people were scratching their heads at them. Like, yeah. and, and that's what I really realized for me, my version of hard things is like, is, is facing fears and uh, taking big risks and being willing to chase down your dream. Like, like what is harder today for us besides choosing to actually be yourself and show that to the world, come hell or high water, to pursue your passion, to be willing to say, you know what? I know the outside world thinks I have it all together because I have maybe the house or, or, the, or the relationship or the family or the toys or the cars or the business or the career or this, whatever, but I'm not, I'm not happy. And I would rather be happy. I would rather have new challenges. I'd rather like leave these things I remember hearing on Oprah back when I was a kid, this stuck with me, about a woman who wanted to become a doctor. And she went all the way through the schooling, all the way through residency, all the way through. And she was like 32 and she was finally a physician. And within the first few weeks, she quit. Oh my gosh. And people were like, how could you do that? You have all of this debt. You've... And she's like, yeah, but the way the shifts work, I, I, I wasn't able to sleep and I thought I'd be able to help people. But in this structure, I, I just couldn't help anyone. I just, I couldn't do what I wanted to do and I hated it. And, and that, like, I, I don't know what I was, eight or 10 when I remember hearing that story on Oprah. My mom used to watch it. It always stuck with me. That to me is what doing hard things is about. Like it's like, think about if you knew someone who did that and you'd go, what are you doing? Yeah. You're throwing away and she's going, I don't like it. I'm gonna, I mean, no one can take my education away from me. No one can take my experience away from me. I'm sure there's another career where someone would want a licensed physician. Maybe it's in uh, medical research or other places. Like, I'm sure she can take that somewhere, but she's just like, I just don't want to do this. That's hard. I, I think that's so admirable when it's so interesting to hear you talk about how hard it is to show up in our world so true to who we are completely unapologetic. It's like, if you think about that from a logical standpoint, that should be one of the easiest things because all we know is who we are. So that should be so easy. And yet it is, you know, but do you know who you are? I mean, do you know who you are and who you want to be and who you need to be? I think it's an evolution. Like, I feel like it's like an ongoing uncovering layers and layers and layers. And, and I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of entrepreneurship is you have to just grow as a human. You have to uncover things. You have to unpack things. You have to work through things that you didn't even realize were there preconditioned. Like yeah, it, just, it, it, entrepreneurship you know? calls you to do that oh, because the responsibility is on you. Does. Yeah. Do you think most people go through that process no. though? No, 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 no. No. And I feel like I've always had this unwavering belief in like bringing on coaches to my team and opening that door to entrepreneurship because it's such an easy access. It's like $140 to start on your health journey and start a business. But what I know is the growth that happens as you embark on this journey and you, and you start to learn about yourself and you start to have these like things that are coming up in life, but you're able to brush them under the rug. You're able to like 
toss them aside. And then all of a sudden it's like either get through it or quit because you're stuck. And I feel like that is why I've always had such a confidence and a belief around mentoring people into this journey because it's life-changing. It's life-changing what it does as you're able to face these things and, and as you're willing to do the, do the hard work to work through it all. Yeah. I was at, um, in the spring, do, do you know, Ed Milet? Do you know the name? Yeah. Of Ed yeah. yeah. He, of he released a book, the power of one more. So good. And I was in uh, Raleigh, uh, for his book launch because, um, I'm connected with the people who was helping launch it. And because I'm, I'm a host and I'm an MC and things like that. And so, uh, I got, I got invited down to help behind the scenes. And so I'm making sure that, that the event's running well, that it's on time, that all the speakers are where they need to be and stuff. So I get to hang out in the green room. And, and it was one of these moments for me where I was like, you know, there's Ed and we're working together and Marie Folio and Jenna Kutchner and Dean Graziosi and Jim Quick. And, uh, uh, oh gosh, was, <laughs> Eric, the hip hop preacher was there. And like, just like everybody, like, like Ed just called in all of his friends, uh, Mel Robbins zoomed in and like just all of, all of his friends. But, um, what, where I'm going with this is in his book, because I got an advanced copy and I'm just like working through it because I wanted to make sure like, Hey, if I'm going to show up to this event, like I've read Ed's book, <laughs> right. But, but he talks about the fact that in every successful family, in every successful business, you know, you know, the matrix, right. With the one, right. Mm -hmm. Like Neo is the one, he's the one who's going to change the entire world, right. He's the one who's going to change the future for everyone. In every successful family, in every successful business, there's a one at some point, right? There's, there's a one. There's someone who broke the cycle of poverty. There's someone who broke the addiction cycle. There's someone who decided they weren't going to do what they were always going to do, and they were going to go off and do something different. And when they do that, they change the entire future for every single person in their life for their spouse, for their kids, for their grandkids, for the great grandkids that have been yet to be met. They are the one. And he suggests that if you're reading this book at the time, and I would suggest for you, Micah, and for me, and for anyone who's listening, if you are willing to listen to this conversation, you are probably that one in your family. Yeah. You are the person who will change the entire direction for your family, your grandkids, your clients that you've yet to meet, the family of your clients, like this, this ring effect that happens. And it's kind of hard. It's kind of lonely. You feel like there's a lot of pressure on you. But if you're willing to listen to this, and if you're willing to do the work, and if you're willing to read the books, and if you're willing to be stretched and grown, chances are you are that one. So uh, <laughs> bravo. <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. No pressure. No, I I listen to his podcast when he dives into this stuff and I have his book and I'm reading it actually right now. It is so powerful. And to think about that. And I think a lot of people might be listening and go, oh, geez, I don't, I don't want to have to carry that weight. I don't want to like, that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure. It's hard, isn't it? What I've always, the way that I've always reframed pressure that has served me immensely in life is as soon as I start to feel pressure and start to get that negative, like feel like that heaviness, I immediately reframe it to purpose. And I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. I can either think this is pressure or I can look at this as purpose. And then I can put the meaning behind it that I want. And it completely shifts. Give me an example. Help help make this more real for me. Like for instance, in, okay, I'll do like a business. I'll do like a business example because lots of our listeners are in network marketing. Okay. So you have pressure to hit certain ranks. You have pressure to hold, to get through qualification, to do all these things, which can be a feel like a negative thing, or even like monthly benchmarks. Like you want to hit certain goals. A lot of people can see that as pressure and they're like, okay, that's stressful. It makes me have resistance against the business. It makes me not want to show up. It makes me be really like desperate and da da da. and how they're doing the things all negative, all negative. You don't want to do it. If you reframe that to purpose and say, okay, I need to hold this rank. I need to reach this goal. I need to hit this certain benchmark, which means I'm helping this many people. If you take off that cloak of pressure and reframe it to purpose, you're like, okay, I get to find three new people to impact. If I'm going to hold this rank, I get to uplift five more people and bring them into this journey with me and help them start their transformation, whatever. Like it's just, it literally is just changing how you see it and the weight that you put behind it. And it's putting actual meaning that you care about because no one cares 
to hold a rank. No one cares to whatever, but you care. You got in it to actually serve. You got in it to actually make a difference. So if you can always work from that space of purpose instead of pressure, but you use that pressure as a positive, like that's urgency. Those goals are important. Those milestones are important. Those goal dates with deadlines are important because they keep you moving forward. They keep you stretching. They keep you expanding. They keep you doing the hard things that lots of days you don't want to do. But if you always tie them to negativity and resistance and stress and anxiety, you're going to want to run for the hills. You're not going to want to lean into the work, right? So it's, it literally is just like a simple shift in how you see it, the perspective, the meaning you put behind it, the words you're using and telling yourself, and it 100% shifts the actions that you're taking and the energy that you have around it. I love that. I love that. I, I mentioned in 2018, I went to Tony Robbins. Part of what I was struggling with at the time was my health. Just the year before, well, just February before we decided my wife and I to start losing weight and, um, and we, it wasn't going so well. I wasn't taking it that seriously. I lost a bit of weight and I got a little bit better, but I wasn't super fit. And, um, I, I joined a gym and what happened in the Tony Robbins thing, I won't give it away, but he does this exercise where he asks you to future cast, like, like who could you be? Yeah. But, but not like in the great way, in a really negative way, like how mm. bad can things get? How bad can things get? Make it so bad and so painful, you have no choice but to change. And part of my fitness was to tie it to something that mattered to me. I've got four kids. Like my oldest is turning 16. My youngest is eight. I got four kids. And I thought, well, what if I'm, oh gosh, what if I'm not, like, what if I, what if I die at like 70? Well, that's not painful enough. It's pretty bad. It's not painful. What if I can't walk them down the aisle? Well, that kind of sucks or whatever. But and then, and then I, I remembered that my grandfather on my dad's side died at 32. Now, this has never bothered me really because I never met him, right? Like my dad was nine or seven or eight or something when he passed away. So I never met this man. I never, I never met my grandfather. But I went, what if I die at 45? I'm turning 40 this year, so it's only a few years away. What if I never meet my grandkids? Mm. What if I, and I've had enough kids to know the experience of giving birth. And so what I imagined was me walking into the hospital, walking into the room, my daughter or my daughter-in-law turning to me and handing me a baby wrapped in that hospital blanket, that white blanket with the blue stripes, and me pulling back the blanket and me holding this seven or eight or nine pound little baby who's my grandchild and saying, I've gotten a chance to meet you. And guess what? When I'm on the treadmill, and I don't feel like running, I want to meet my grandkids. And when I feel like giving up, I want to meet my grandkids. And when it's easier, frankly, to you know, just go off a diet or something, I want to meet my grandkids. And I can imagine the moment, like right now I'm getting goosebumps because I can imagine turning to my grandchild and saying, I have worked so hard to meet you, just to meet you, because maybe I wouldn't be here. And when you're able to tie, I haven't been able to do it with very many things in my life, but let me tell you, when you're able to tie that much meaning to a goal that you have, I've cried more on the treadmill. <laughs> People don't know because I'm sweating, but I've been on the treadmill crying out of pride, out of um, happiness, out of the fact that it's like I am working to meet my grandkids. And I know I will. I know I will now because I've made enough changes and I, and I have not backslid enough 
And I'm never going to go back to that old way because it's just that meaningful to me. So powerful. I had goosebumps like the whole time you were telling that story. Like that is so powerful. I actually just did a reel about this when I talked about, I think like literally today, this is the universe again, right? It's like coming up again. So I talked about the fact that I hate social media, really don't like it at all. I'm a hermit introvert. Like the fact that I do what I do is like, what? That doesn't even make sense. But it's because on the other side of that was my family is everything to me. I had things I wanted in life that I was willing to get over my hate for social media. I was willing to actually find joy in it, actually tie purpose behind it, actually enjoy the process. That's everything in life. We have fears. We have stuff that could keep us stuck. We have stuff that could stand in our way. But on the other side of that, if you can get so freaking clear on what you want most, that means way more to you than that thing right here that's keeping you stuck, you'll break through those freaking walls every time. And if you can learn how to do that, it's magic. All right. We're going to wrap it up with that. <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you for like ever. I, ever. I know we, we have found, <laughs> we have found, uh, we, we have become friends just right? in this conversation. This was so much fun. Okay. Mark, where can our people find you? If they want to get connected with you on social or listen to your podcast, where can they find you? Well, if you want to listen to the podcast, we do hard things, head over to YouTube because it is a YouTube show first Sweet. Uh, at Mark Drager. Uh, or you can listen on any of the podcast audio apps. Uh, if you want to DM me or follow me, head over to Instagram at Mark Drager or on TikTok as well. Uh, and that's the best thing. I mean, I don't have like a bot set up or anything. If, if, you, if you literally just DM me, it is me <laughs> and I'll respond. Perfect. You guys, what a freaking fire episode. Mark, thanks so much for being on with us. You guys, if you loved what you heard, share it with your friends, share it with your people, go find this podcast. I promise you, you'll find value out of that. And Mark, once again, thanks for being on. Thank you, Micah. All right. Bye, you guys. We'll see you next week. Wrapping up another episode. And I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me at Micah Folsom Fit so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.